G'day everyone, welcome to another Tune Under podcast, Australia's top 20 uh, football podcast worldwide. Um, today is going to be an absolute celebration, we're going to smile, it's going to be fantastic. I don't know where it's going to go, but I know we're going to end up in a good place and we're still going to be as happy <laughs> as when we finished it, as when we started it. So um, before we uh, get the intros in, I'll just encourage everyone to... Uh, like our videos, comment, subscribe. If we pop up in your YouTube algorithm, give us a go. Um, give us a like and a comment as well and subscribe if you like what you see. Um, we're trying our best to increase our viewers and our members and stuff like that. So every every little thumb helps and every comment helps. And if you're on our audio platforms, every review helps as well. So, um, yeah, good. Jimmy, you're with me tonight, Jack. So are you, Jimmy, I'll start with you. Uh you look a bit different from the first time I've seen you, mate, with a shirt on. So uh, how's your Monday been? Fantastic, mate. As, uh, yeah, as everyone's morning's been, it's been sensational, especially when uh, got a day off as well from work today, which was which was fantastic. So could soak in the replay about five times and chill out and look forward to this podcast. But, uh, yeah, it's the glory, the glory days are coming, let's put it that way. The glory days are here, my friend. <laughs> They're not coming, Jack. Um, you've got the permission slip off the missus to jump on tonight. How are you, mate? I certainly have. I wasn't even rostered on, but there was no way I was missing this. Oh, my <laughs> God. I, I'm still in shock, I think. I'm still in shock about what, what happened. Uh, it was 11 o'clock last night, uh, and by 10 past 11, we were all in absolute dreamland, and it only just got better and better. So it was absolutely phenomenal. I can't wait to talk about this because this was... One of the most memorable, best games that I've ever seen by Newcastle uh, in 30, 30 years or so. So, yeah, there was no way I was missing this. Can't wait. Yeah. So, if you've been under a rock for the last 24 hours, we are here to discuss, revel, celebrate Newcastle's 6-1 thumping off Tottenham Hotspur in front of 49,000 rabid Newcastle fans. Uh the noise and the emotion that was sort of coming through our screens for the 90 minutes was as good as you'll probably ever see in here if you were lucky enough to watch it on TV. Um, Dimmy, I'll start with you, mate. We've spoken and we're definitely not the only fan channel that – not that you should be watching any other fan channels, but if you do dabble in other other things, we haven't been the only podcast to say that a team's going to cop it this year. Things have been going and a team's going to cop it. I don't think last night was one of the ones where we thought they were going to cop it, but they copped it better than anyone else has copped it. So how how do you process that when you sort of, even at halftime and it's 5-0, how do you process that? Well, short answer, you can't, which is why... You boys saw the video with me with the shirt off. That's the only thing I can think of when we're winning that well. It's It's been a sort of, not a trademark of mine, but historically <laughs> over the years when my teams have a, have a big win and I'm watching obviously not in public, but at home. Just we get kid a, off. We get uh, kid off. It was World, World Cup 2006 <laughs> against Japan. Shirt came off, pants came off, and then... I was uh, the full Monty when we scored the third goal, and that was uh, <laughs> that was sensational. But uh, 
Thanks for the nice. It, it, not the best in any way. Sorry, sorry everybody for that. But uh, no, it's obviously impossible to process. It's uh, never in your wildest dreams we're going to be three up in ten minutes and five up in twenty minutes. So, sort of, it was you had to slap yourself and pinch yourself to think: is is this a real football match? Is this or is this FIFA twenty three? And they've just the graphics have just out of control, and it's not a real match. It 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 didn't feel like a real match for a while, but but yeah, it's obviously. Very difficult to process in real time. Yeah, and um, we're lucky enough that we have a lot of very tech-savvy people on our podcast, and I've been reliably informed that that intro that you guys would have seen is going to be replaced by just Dimmy waving his shirt on loop with the uh, with the music playing over the top. So that could be a new intro for this game. Um, Jack, I'll, I'll I'll come to you with this one because I think this is this is sort of relevant to to what you'd been talking about. Um, we were lucky enough to have Seb from uh, TFO Football on the preview. He's a big Spurs fan. And um, he warned us. <laughs> That's it. He warned us that this was going to happen. He said this could get really ugly. He was th- he was three. I think he felt he was being a bit conservative with three and sort of lent more towards four. Um, I didn't buy it. I, I put my hands up and I said I didn't buy it. They're fifth on the table. They can't be as bad as what he says because there's no chance they could be fifth being as bad as they are, um, and we've said, we said for, apart from, since a pre-takeover, don't tell us about our club because we know our club better than anyone. I should have taken that on board and listened <laughs> about his club. Now, did you buy into Seb's sort of prediction or were you a bit, I think you're putting a bit of mayo on this, Seb. We might win, but it's not going to be like that. Well, I sent him a message at four 0 I think it was, just saying sorry for not <laughs> sorry for not believing you. <laughs> so I sent him a message and said, "Seb, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll never not believe you again. This is ridiculous." And he just replied straight away saying, "Yep, yeah, told you so." Um, I think fans of their own, you know, fans of a club will often sort of exaggerate a little bit, or they'll say we're shit and this and that, and it is kind of a self-preservation thing sometimes to say that we're going to get hammered um, just in case you do. But he genuinely believed that it was going to be three or four nil. He believed that. And he's not the only Spurs fan who thought that as well. So there was Tommy who we had on last year, um, Spurs fan from Australia. He said it was going to be four nil as well. So yeah, I think you just have to listen to what fans of clubs say. You know, Like you said, we've had, we've had people telling us for 14 years, what you're complaining about. You're in the Premier League. You know, you, you shouldn't be complaining. There's there's always clubs worse off, and that's true. Everything's relative. I've watched Spurs a bit lately. I've watched three or four of their games recently, especially since we've been interested in their results because we're the closer was in the table. And they are absolutely terrible to watch. They're dreadful. The system, the play, the football, they're just completely reliant on their one or two world-class players that they've got up front to do something special. So... I wasn't really... I didn't think we were going to win like this. Nobody did. Like It was only the second time, I think, that someone's gone into that quicker lead um, you know, in, in the Premier League history. Oh, can you not... Sorry, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> You've got enough you stats. <laughs> I've been bombarded. I've been swimming. <laughs> I've been swimming in stats all day long, and that was one of the best ones I had. And then all right, we'll save it. You can save it as well. parade already. Um, I didn't think it was going to happen like that. But I did no. think we were going to win, but that was oh, that was crazy. That was crazy, and we've not never seen anything like that before. So I'm sorry to Seb. 
I'm sorry to Seb for not believing him. Uh, and I'm sorry to you, Keegan, for stealing your best stat. Yes. But, uh, yeah, you're an asshole. Anyway, Dimmick. <laughs> so I think I think part of part of our, I guess, um, reluctance to accept the Spurs fans' point of view is because the reality is for the last three games, we haven't been that great either, have we? I mean, the West Ham first half was a bit of a sh- – not a shambles is probably too strong of a word, but it, it wasn't great, let's be honest, against a, a poor West Ham side. And that third goal sort of opened the game up and, and sort of took the pressure off because they were sort of coming – as we were going towards halftime, and halftime came at a good time for us. Um, the first half of Brentford was was a shambles, and the the whole 90 minutes against Aston Villa wasn't great either. So our form going in wasn't great, and that was I think that was part of my scepticism, I guess, with the with the Spurs fans saying you'll take us to the cleaners because our form hadn't been great as well. But do you think the do you think the Aston Villa game was the sort of the loss that never you don't need a loss ever, but was it the loss that just sharpened the knives for us for the last sort of run in towards the end of the season? I think it'll prove to be like that. I I didn't think we were horrible against West Ham. We were obviously a bit sloppy on the ball, and that's I think what what Eddie was upset about when he was losing his marbles at two 0 Obviously, Brentford were terrible for a half, but then we were fantastic for 20, 25 minutes. That was arguably our best 20, 25 minutes of the season as well. So before the Villa game was. Yeah, yeah, before last night. Villa, Villa, was, Villa was obviously terrible. And you've just got to think, with our team, you've got to give us one mulligan and give us, look, everyone's going to have a bad day. So I, I put it down to a bad day. And obviously, yeah, no one's expecting 5-0 after 20 minutes. But sometimes it does help to to lose and sort of sharpen the focus. It it does sort of re refocus minds. I think they've used that word in the in the club before, that phrase in the club before. So that... That could have been the the case after the Villa game. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just interesting that it is a is it a common sort of theme in sports, isn't it? That if you're going really well, you know, you need to have that loss. And I think no one really wants to lose, but I think you talk to most coaches, they get a lot more out of a loss than what they do a win. It's it just brings that steely resolve back. And we had been sort of trending up for a while. Results have been going our way, but that I think that Aston Villa game, like you said, Dimmy, could be the best thing that happened for us in sort of two months' time. Um, we'll get stuck into the lineups then. Uh, I'll bring the home team up first. Uh, there was one change. There was uh, Aaron Gordon was dropped for Sean Longstaff. Uh, Jack, as yeah. expected, did you were you expecting something else? How did you sort of – where did you land when they're 10 o'clock or 10 p.m. for us when the lineups dropped? I think the only, I mean, I thought Longstaff would come back in. He had to because he was a massive miss at Villa. Um, and I think the only thing I thought might happen was uh, Almiron might come in for Murphy. And I think when me and Dimmy did the preview, that's what we had. We had Miggy playing instead of Murphy. Um, so I think, I actually thought Wilson might get a start because he's got quite a good record against Spurs and Isak started a lot lately. But when you're in that, you know, when you're in that form, you're going to be unlucky to not start. So I think it was pretty strong team. Um, I was pleased that Byrne played as well. Like, I, I thought that would happen as well. I didn't think he was going to me- start messing around with the defense at this stage of the season in such a big game. And you look at the bench, and you've got you know you've got quality all on the bench, and you've got players who who are in good form and who've been scoring goals in Wilson and Miggy as well. So yeah, I was pretty confident with that. I thought it was pretty much as expected, and 
you know, you know how this team's going to play. You know how they're going to set up. Opposition know how they're going to play. They just can't stop them. <laughs> mm. It's like a raging tsunami when the other team have the ball. We turn it over and we just keep coming and coming and coming. And you can't, you can't stop it. You might think you can get away, but it's going to catch up with you eventually. Um, Dimmy, did, were you happy with the sort of what it looked like back to the Joel Linton, Joe Willock midfield left wing changing when we feel like it sort of operation that worked so well for us earlier in the season? Yeah, I think so. Like like Jack said, the only one I thought may start would be would be Miggy since he's back now to seemingly full fitness. But you can't really begrudge Eddie for backing the the players who've done the job for for most of the season. So yeah, besides besides Miggy, it was um, pretty much as expected. Yeah. All right. We'll bring up the uh, the visitors at the moment. Uh, I think so. Like I said, it, it was a Spurs side which. None of their fans had any faith in it all. So uh, we had uh, Hugo Lloris in goal, Pedro Porro, Romero, Dyer, uh, Perisic, Hoyleberg, Saar, Skip, Kulisewski, Kane and Son. Um, it looked like they reverted to a back four, which they hadn't really done before. Um, they were three down before they could scratch their ass and realise what was going on. <laughs> um, is that, Dimmy, you, you're a bit more of a... Uh, you're a bit more across lots of other teams of what I am anyway. Is that how you thought they'd line up? Is that a, is that a good Tottenham side for what they have available at the moment? Well, it's obviously a, a very good front line and that's probably the the thing that's been carrying them for, for a long time considering how how upset their fans have been about their structure and, and how they've been playing. But it was interesting that they went to a back four in this game. It was... I, th- I think someone said they hadn't played a back four for about eighteen months or so. So mm. it was a, it was a definitely a massive a massive change to make in a in a massive game for Spurs. Obviously, they they were three points behind us before the game with playing an extra game. So it was a big call to do that, and I was probably quite surprised that uh, old mate uh, Christian Solani or whatever his name was made made that change pre-game. Yeah, Jack. Just just one thing looking at. That lineup, obviously, they've got Lloris, um, Dyer as an experienced player, Kane and Son speak for themselves. But do you think if you've got a player called Skip, he should automatically be the captain? <laughs> yeah, I think that would uh, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, I just I don't know. I was just thinking of it last night when I seen it. I'm like, it sort of should be was... by sort of default that you should just get the armband because yeah, you yeah. Skip. Yeah, I was uh, I was watching the because I had the Sky coverage before the game and the interviewed Stellini, and the the um, interviewer guy was like, "Hmm, so it looks like you're going to a back four and you're going to try and match Newcastle up," and then he was like, "Well, that's what you think. That's your opinion." It was like, <laughs> "No, that is what you're trying to do, obviously." <laughs> yeah. And you've got you've got two fullbacks who are actually not fullbacks at all; they're wingbacks. I looked at Perisic at left back and I thought. This is this could go well for us, and then you look at that midfield three, and you're like, they have not got a hope in hell. If if we're on form here, they're not going to be able to keep the ball. We're just going to dominate them. So I think even looking at the team beforehand, you felt like obviously they've got Son and Kane, which you have to worry about, but you just think this is this is here for us here. Like that team is not good. No, and it took less than two minutes for us to work out that, no, it wasn't very good at all. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I've been, I've been banging the Jacob Murphy drum for, 
probably nearly a couple of months now that he deserves a goal. I mean, his performances have been solid all year and he's done everything except score. And, yeah, within two minutes, he's the first one to stay in the score sheets. Um, and it was crazy. I think Eddie had sort of subconsciously whipped the crowd up in a bit of a frenzy for this game. And I know that we're just wild when we're at home. We're wild away, but we're just like 12 times the number of wild people <laughs> at home rather than away. So they were, they were up from the go. And to get that goal within two minutes, Dimmy, it just, just when you think they couldn't go up a level, they went up a level within two minutes of a kickoff. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, to be fair, the the seas parted when Jolinton cut in and it was comical defending by, by Romero, sort of just inviting Jolinton to, to shoot. And Murphy did well. You're right. He does deserve a goal. He has, I think he's he must have the record of most shots hit the woodwork in the last couple of seasons. I think in the... In <laughs> without the scoring, yeah. Sure. Without scoring as well. And I mean, last year, everyone can... No one can ever forget the... Was it last year or the season before when Andos said... Just put it in the net. So no, I don't think anyone... Two years ago, yeah. Yeah. So it was obviously deserving for him and the perfect start for us. Obviously, the fans up and about to get an early goal. That just that just rolls you up even more. And we had been starting games poorly the last couple and we had almost conceded goals from the kickoff in the last couple of games, especially against Villa and I think West Ham at the post as well. Yeah. In the first, like the first, first couple minute. of minutes. So yeah. We, we had started pretty slowly on our last couple of away games, but at home that there's no option to start slowly. So it was great to see that we got to, on the front foot and snagged an early one. Yeah. And then we snagged another early one four minutes later, Jack. And I think there definitely was a focus to start well, because it had the last three games, we hadn't started well at all. So I definitely would have given a bit of a razz just before they went out. They would have come out, the juices, the flags are going, the music's going, everyone's up for it. They just their energy levels go up, and then to see John Linton score from another tin ass pass by Fabian Cher that sort of wiped out the whole of Tottenham Hotspur. What what were you thinking after the six minute then? Ah, oh, I was already like trying to pinch myself, thinking, "Am I asleep here, or have I fallen asleep?" Because <laughs> it's quite late, and I've had a I've had a beer, but. Yeah, Cher, you did that against West Ham, didn't he? That defence split and pass. And he did yeah. another one. He didn't and mean Joe, it, though, apparently. He didn't mean it, yeah. Obviously, it was an accident, yeah. 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 <laughs> and you've got Joe Linton just running off the defender who you've, he didn't know what he was doing, the defender. That's what it happens when you put a wing back in a flat back four, <laughs> basically. <Yeah>. But the <laughs> touch, the touch from Joe Linton, Jesus, it's going to be overshadowed by what else happened in this game a little bit, but... We might like get this, to that if we get time. Yeah, yeah. but this is this is Jigsaw Joe. <laughs> this is Jigsaw Joe. He usually kicks it off his own head or something. You yes, know? but so two years. Yeah, well, eighteen months ago, he's worked yeah. out how to score. Yeah, he's worked out how to take a ball like that round the keeper, like he's not there, and just slot it away for the second yeah. time in three games. And that the touch. It's like a carbon copy it. of the goals too, wasn't it? Yeah, same sort of angled run and same pass by Fab straight through on goal. Um. It's like he just – like the Monstars had taken his powers, like on Space Jam, like when he first signed. You know what I mean? Like he was playing in steel caps. He couldn't kick. He couldn't pass. He couldn't do anything. And then all of a sudden, he's like the complete reverse of what he was. Like 
His touch is good. He can tackle. He can dribble, like finish. The whole thing is just crazy. And you could see the emotion in his face when he scored and what it meant to him. And the crowd were just like living through him. And then he was giving it back to them. And we spoke about levels, Dimmy. Like there was, I didn't, I thought it was like at 99%, but it turned out they were about 80% after the first two goals because when Murphy's one went in, Jesus Christ, <laughs> what was going on there? Well, that, that's when the shirt came off and uh, that's, that's when I was, <laughs> I was delirious. But he, he, um, he, he can hit the ball, Jacob Murphy. I mean, he a couple of seasons ago, I do remember him scoring a free kick, last-minute free kick against Wolves. Scoring, uh, he can shoot from from long range, and if you do remember that the cup final, obviously we don't want to remember a lot of it, but he did smack a ball from about thirty-five yards off the post, or just wide of the post against uh, against Man United at Wembley, which was also from a similar spot. So he can hit them, and just 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 his reaction after he scored. I mean, <laughs> he just takes the piss, obviously, with his reactions most of the time. But that reaction, like, oh my god, what have I just done? Where three nil up, <laughs> I've just scored from thirty-five yards. Yeah. Um, that's that's the moment where you pinch yourself as a supporter and as a player and just everyone connected with Newcastle. We're thinking, geez, how good are we? Or how good is this going? It, it could not have gone any better if we dreamt it a million times. It could never have gone as good as that. No. And he actually did say post game. I don't know if you guys seen this on uh, NUFC TV that he's he thinks he's a really good shooter from outside, but he doesn't get the opportunities or he doesn't have the confidence to do it. And then I suppose when you turn it up and you're not even 10 minutes, you've just scored your first goal for a while. Confidence is high. Like, why not pull the trigger? And I don't think anyone was expecting him. Larice definitely wasn't expecting him to shoot. (laughs) 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 He's done the scout and went, this bloke's not going to shoot. If he does, this could go anywhere. And then he just sort of went, you're joking. You are joking. And then um, that was, I reckon we got to about 90, 90% sort of feralness in the crowd, rabidness after the third one went in. And I think that was still in a state of shock as in what's what's actually happening. Like we couldn't process it on the other side of the world. I don't know how they do it inside the stadium. And then, Jack, we're going to – it's taken us 22 minutes, but we'll actually get to this because Joe with his new corn dog, his new corn dog do, <laughs> was one of the most – I don't even know. I couldn't think of an adjective to sexual describe sexual. it. What what happened? What what was that? That was that was the best assist that I can remember a Newcastle player getting. I remember Kabai did a, a pass against Stoke once for Papasise, and I was sitting in behind that, so I had a good angle of that. But that what Willick did was Kevin De Bruyne was Luka Modric. You just don't, you don't, Newcastle players don't do that. That's like genuine elite level, world-class football. To do that with the outside of your foot and it went in in the perfect space and then you've got Alexander Isak who maybe if it was a different striker, they might have missed the chance and then that assist would have been wasted. But you just knew, you never had any doubt that he was going to get that, take a couple of touches and slot it away. And it was the whole move, like Dan Byrne won the ball and then Bruno's pass to Willock was perfect because it was perfectly weighted just ahead of him. And it just shows the confidence that's, that he's playing with and that the whole team are playing with. 
the start of this game was like, it, but do you remember playing football in school? And if you played football in school and you're on the weaker team and the opposition are just charging at you and you just can't do anything. You just like fall over and it's just like a rout. That's what the start of this game was like. So it was like a force of nature. Like it couldn't be controlled. It was like a tsunami, you know? <laughs> yeah. And this, this assist is like, I put on Twitter that if Kevin De Bruyne had done this, this would have been his, the best assist of his career. Like he's, he has done it a few times. He's done it more than a few times and that's why he's so good. But it was just, it was just absolutely out of this world. Like to, to see that, to see a Newcastle player do that is like, I, I started welling up a little bit. Honestly, I did. I was like, I, I, <laughs> I started was... crying when Dimi took his shirt off. That's, that's what made. <laughs> well, I was I was wobbling. I was wobbling about three now. I was like, I was thinking, this is just bizarre. Like, I, I can't believe what I'm seeing. And then when he did that, I was like, this is like, I'm not. This isn't real. What am I actually witnessing here? And I started welling up a little bit and thinking, this is my club doing this, and I uh, I cannot believe it because after all you've been through, after all the 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 lack of ambition and the shit teams we've seen and the bad players and going 4-0 down to Portsmouth after 15 minutes at home, all of that stuff. And then to see us playing like this now is just so special and it's such an amazing feeling. And that assist will live in my heart forever. Timmy, the floor is yours. About that assist? Yeah, just, just keep Mate, it going. It was... Uh... Look, Take your shirt off now if, if you want. It doesn't matter. We can blur it out. It's all good. No, I'm, I'm, I think I take my shirt off. I think we might get a few more female listeners, to be fair. But, uh, um, <laughs> or, or maybe not. But anyway, yeah, go on. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Not good there. But then, no, what's uh, back on track? Um, no, look, if anyone other than a name with Joe Willock, if that was like Fernando Morientes or someone with a fancy name who was a world a world star that would be front page news everywhere. It was a world-class pass. And obviously at three nil, you probably got a few more liberties to try something like that. I'm not sure he'd be trying that at at nil nil or if we're two nil down, but the fact that he could execute that pass just, just shows you that Joe's got a lot more quality to show and he hasn't shown that he can make those sort of passes. If, if he can add that layer to his game, that he's going to be a creative force from, from the midfield. I mean, it, it changes really, a lot of what we really need in our midfield, to be honest. And it's, and, and like you said, like Jack said, I mean, it fell to the perfect play. I mean, big dog Isaac, he was never going to miss. He's coolly controlled it and just slotted it past Laurie. It was, uh, it was dreamland. Yeah. You watch him like he actually doesn't break stride at all. Like that he's been the, the sheer audacity, the outside of the foot around the defender actually around two defenders, really, because this has got a player on his left-hand side as well. To him, in the middle of the pitch, without breaking stride, is it's sex. Like, it's mm-hmm. unreal. You just can't – like, you can't watch it enough. Um, I haven't been on Twitter much tonight. I've been a bit busy, so I'm not sure if the match cam's out yet or not, but I can't wait to see that <laughs> and and the reaction. And, like, I don't think Isak could believe that – he just did that either. <laughs> like, I think it looks like they've formed a really good uh, mm. relationship, them two. And like, they, they get on really well. And they've got a little American handshake thing they've got going on too now, which is, which is cute. But I don't think he could believe it. And we, he's, his performances, Willick's performances have been solid nearly all year. He has had one or two bad games. But considering some of the players that are playing in the England squad at the moment, like, mm. especially some of the Chelsea ones, I mean, 
if you're picking a squad, he's miles ahead of them at the moment. Like, I'm not sure when the next international window is. Hopefully, not for a while yet. But he deserves he deserves mm-hmm. a chance in the England camp. Whether or not he gets a cap or not, well, that's that's another thing. But he definitely has earned a chance to show his wares against the best players in England. You don't you don't do that and not get picked for England. Basically, like you can't ignore that. You know, no, <laughs> you, get, you 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 don't do that and not get international call up. Like I. I didn't think Willock had this kind of creativity in him. I knew he was a really good player and he's been increasingly impressive as the season has gone on and he's got a lot of attributes and his stats are really good. But he's he's mainly good at driving forward, his pace, he's good at getting into the right areas. Um, I didn't know he was capable of that. I really didn't. We've been talking about how we've needed creativity in our team for a while to break down when teams do a low block. <laughs> but if you if Joe Willick's going to start learning how to do that, maybe it's yeah. not it's not quite as urgent to buy a number ten no. now because it was just yeah, it was incredible. Your low blocker need to be on the goal line if he's going to pull <laughs> shit out like that. Um, so what? Two minutes later, just just, just as they'd finished showing the replays for that goal. <laughs> We actually missed half the build-up of the fifth goal yes, because I was still showing the replays of the fourth goal. Um, the $63 million big dogs, he's in again. Um, Longstaff with a really sort of underrated cutback in there that, that fed the big dog. And 5-0 in 20 minutes is – that's like f- playing FIFA on beginner and you've been playing FIFA for 20 years. So like, I can remember – Jack, you probably can too, Dimmy – I think you're a twinkle in your daddy's eye when like FIFA 98 come out, like the World Cup game and, and stuff like that, Jack. Like this is this is like you've been playing FIFA 98 World Cup and you've just got the new one and you've put it on beginner and gone Argentina and you're playing against Adelaide United. Like <laughs> that's yeah, it. Yeah. That's that's what it was, that's what it was like this first 20 minutes. Like it was yeah. It was ridiculous. And to to sort of just solidify your stats dealing is what you've done for me. It was the second quickest 5 nil scoreline in 11,973 Premier League matches. So <laughs> that's how rare it is. I think the only the quickest one was Man City in, in 2019 was the quickest team to five apart from that. And I think they might have been playing Watford, who were a yeah. pretty paltry opposition, not the team directly below them challenging for a Champions League place. Like, how you can't process that after the build-up and the trepidation, I guess, from the week before to 20 minutes into our next game, which most had dubbed the biggest game of the season for us, at least, biggest league game of the season, like not as big as the cup final, but definitely the biggest league game of the season. And after five, after 20 minutes, you're 5-0 up. How... Mm. Like how do you how do you process? You can't comprehend it. I think we're taking your shirt. Dimmy, was your shirt back on then, or had you just kept it off, or was it on and off for each goal? How look? How was I your had, shirt yeah. waving operation going there? I had considered going again the uh, the uh, shirts and pants option, but uh, <laughs> when when I did do the first the first movement, and the missus did have a quiet word and said, look, that, that behaviour is just not on. <laughs> yeah. So I had to sort of pull my head in, even though yeah. it was, I was saying to her, look, it's 10 past 11 on a, on a Sunday night. I mean, Jesus Christ, no one's here. Who cares? Yeah. But I had to pull my head in after that. So I, I didn't get uh, naked again, but I wanted to, to be honest. It was uh, it was another sexual back pass by Sean Longstaff. And I mean, I think Laurie probably should have saved it, to be fair. But uh, 
is that he had an injury just... though. That's why. Baloney. Baloney. <laughs> he, he had an injured, the white, he he just he injured the ego. Flag. Yeah, yeah. Newcastle artists. <laughs> That's what he yeah, had. Yeah, exactly. It um, was. Uh, yeah, it was an unbel- it was an unbelievable moment to be honest. Because even Isaac, if you can see his the zoomed in reaction of him after the goal, he's sort of he was like, shaking his head as well. He's like, what, up, yeah. what on earth is going on? Yeah, he's he's actually quietly underratedly getting up with sort of meme and, and gif material. You know what I'm yeah, like he's got is. the hands on the hips, he's got the hands up. Like he, he's never gonna catch Jacob Murphy, but solid, solid silver medalist, I think. And I'm glad you brought. I was wondering what Mrs. D was doing. Was she in bed? Or was she like? She on was, uh, I was, I'm glad you clarified. She was that. trying I was, to. I was going to ask yeah. you that later on. She was trying to have a relaxing bath, but after the third goal, that relaxing yeah, bath turned into a, <laughs> a non-relaxing bath. So that was, uh, yeah, that was. You've got to remember with Dimmy as well. It's not always obvious if he's got his shirt on or off because he's Greek. Yeah. So he's got that. <laughs> he's got that Dabasas rug. He's got the Persian rug. <laughs> the chest pubes coming out of the top of the t-shirt. Um, it's Jack, funny. Just just going back to that goal, yeah. it's, it says it all that that was the third best assist. You know, like that was brilliant yeah. by my staff, and it was only the third yeah. best assist of the game. Yeah. By this point, I'd I genuinely started to forget the goals and what what had happened when, because like I said, it was just so quick. And I was trying to. It took me until half time to remember Joe Linton's goal. Yeah. <laughs> so it just shows you, like it was just like the whole thing. You couldn't process it like in real time because it was just happening so quickly and you you just didn't know what was going on like you knew it was good but like i said you thought you were in some kind of wild wild dream situation so it was hard to process what was going on in front of you so it was probably a good thing that there was a little bit of downtime after this uh and we didn't score for a while <laughs> yeah it, it was it was a w- really strange sort of last 25 minutes of the half because you just you're holding your breath thinking, shit, are we going to, are we in again? Are we going to score? Like when's this going to end? It was, it was strange, but halftime come um, and you felt like you could finally just exhale for a minute and just sort of try and go, what the fuck just happened then? Like, cause that, that's all you could, that's all you could do. Like, yeah, I know we're good. I didn't think we were this good. I didn't think they were that bad. Can we get 10? What are we going to do? And then sort of by the time you try and land on something of all these different thoughts and emotions that have been running through your head for 45 minutes, we're on again. And you're like, oh, shit, here we go. And then I I sort of ridiculously thought, we're getting a bit too open here to start the second half. Like (laughs) if we could score five, why can't they score? Like they've got England's greatest goal scorer on their side like why can't they score five like and then two or three minutes after he scored I'm like oh shit here we go and then I just think they just took that sting out for the next 15 minutes after that um sort of got to a point where we said right we can get Bruno off we can get Trippy off and ice them and, and stuff like that which is a great luxury to have really um but then yeah, it was inevitable. Ugh, inevitable. I felt like sound like uh, Kim Jong Il on uh, Team America trying to say inevitable. <laughs> um, Callum Wilson comes on, and a minute later, he's on the sheets as well. Um, Miggy he gets another half an hour under his belt, which is great for him. But Jimmy, were, were you? Was six not enough? Were you 
looking for seven? Are you looking for eight? Are you, are you at the point where, okay, six is enough, no one get hurt now? Look, I wanted, to be honest, I wanted at least an, a, a goal in the second half because I thought if we'd lost the second half, I would have thought, not it's upsetting. I mean, we've won the game, clearly, but it would have been a little bit, a little bit of a sour taste if they'd scored one or even a second goal. And the 5-2 doesn't sound as good as 5-0 or, or or a 6-1 or or even a 7. So it was good that we got that another goal and sort of just reasserted that, that we were the diamond team and they weren't going to, obviously they weren't going to come back, but they weren't going to make it respectable. So, and it just proves, I mean, Wilson comes on minute, scores a goal. He's in fantastic form himself and he can count himself very unlucky that he's not, Obviously starting, but obviously you can't drop Isak as well. He's scoring for fun. I think he's got. I'm not. I don't want to steal any more of his stats, Keegs. But no, he's, no, uh, no. I don't think you. I don't think you will. So go. Right. I was going to say he's got. I think they showed after the game he's got the second highest minutes per goal ratio in the Premier League, just oh. behind the uh, Cyclops Erling Haaland. No, I so, didn't. Um, I didn't. I'm just. I'm just tricking. I oh, okay. Right. right, right. <laughs> so um. Oh, so he's, he's, yeah. So he's obviously undroppable as well. So it, it's a luxury now that we've got two quality strikers who are at the top of their game and any given moment can score a goal. It, it's a it's a fantastic luxury to have for this last six, seven games before we uh, break off. And Jack, another luxury is they actually play well together. So that's mm. a – yeah, they, they do – they're different strikers, so they do complement each other. And I know strikers are known to be the greedy, selfish type – I feel like they actually look for each other when they're mm. playing as well. Like they're not like, no, I'll pass it to anyone else but you because I don't want you to score because I want your place. They actually link mm. up well. I think that's not it's not surprising really with the squad and the mentality and the togetherness that we all have to go. We we don't have it, but the players the players have it and and how they play with each other. I think that's the one of the advantages of having a no dickhead policy recruitment wise as well is that you get these players who are bought into the club and to the you know the the team is is king and individuals don't matter really like it's all about the performance of the team uh, they could play together and maybe in we don't need to change the system you know so that it's probably not going to happen unless the game state you know sort of leads towards it like it has done when we've been losing or when we've needed to score goals but they could, if they started fronting together against Southampton, it could be another cricket, cricket score, you know. Um, I think I think we could have scored more goals if we'd actually wanted to in this game, if we'd yeah. really have gone for it. I think we were conserving energy a bit after we scored the fifth goal, uh, and that's just a smart thing to do. But like Dimi, I'm pleased we got that goal because six sounds a lot better than five, and I didn't want to lose a second half. <laughs> it's funny how you, yeah, it's funny how your your expectations and what you want changes <laughs> through yeah. the middle of the game. <laughs> um, I was a bit disappointed that Kane scored as well because I, I don't like him one little bit. I don't um, think anyone, any of us like him to that. Yeah, so, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised he did because he always scores against us. Yeah. Uh, but it was just good. It was good to get that one, that one. And it was just a procession. It was just, I mean, the, the fans were all laying after 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> and then they were doing it again of. towards yeah. the end. And yeah. just My, like... Yeah. With the first half as well, like they they made a sub at, at three 0 I think it was. So they brought Sar off and put, went to the back five, which yeah, like shows you that we were just yeah, yeah they the didn't know what bolted, we, mate. Yeah, they didn't yeah. know what was going on. Like, <laughs> uh, we were just so dominant, and the second half was a bit more calm, but that was fine. That, that's that's what what it needed, and we got we got Trippier off, and we got we got Bruno off, and you know rest some legs before the big week ahead. 
Yeah, and I think just touching on sort of circling back what you said before, Jack, where it's all about the team and everyone wants the team. I still think in as part of that though, everyone celebrates the individual success. So not not so much the individual themselves, but everyone else is really happy for that person rather than you know what I mean? So it's still sort of individualized, but it's everyone else talking about that individual rather than him running off and, and doing his own thing, a bit like Sava, if you've been watching Ted Lasso, he's sort of running his own sort of show in there. But no one no one's like that. We're all everyone's together, everyone's happy for someone else doing well. And it's probably the one of the, the biggest signs, I guess, of the team as a as a whole and the squad as a whole is how happy everyone is for everyone else's success. Um and you don't see that at many many other clubs and with the way that they've recruited and we, we might we're gonna get to that in a minute because I I think it's a very good thing to talk about after a after a result like this. It's it's really good to see. But actually let's talk about it now. So in my research uh tonight I've sort of circled back to our first game post takeover, which was against Spurs, it was maybe 18 months ago, so around there. I'm not sure the exact date. Let's just say about 18 months ago. And we've both spent about £250 million on players. And where it seems like we're going one way and they're going the other way. And the, the difference between the two clubs from 18 months ago is it's frightening, isn't it, Demi? It's, it's amazing. I mean, if you told us after that, at that Tottenham game, even though the takeover had just happened, if you told us, in April of, of next year, in next season, we're going to be 5-0 up after 20 minutes and just completely pull the pants of Tottenham and be be third on the table and just have a sensational season. No one would have thought it. No one would have thought that basically every signing that we've made has been a home run and every signing that we've made has improved the, if not the first 11, the, the squad overall. And and like Jack said, there's a, there's a clear no dickhead policy and, Everyone who's come in is bought into the club, the team, everything that Eddie Howe wants to build. And I, it's it's very rare in football that you nail every one of your signings. There's going to be one or two probably in the future that we're not going to nail. But it it's quite amazing how good the strike rate has been from from that point on. And and that's been the key because if God forbid if we didn't get Bruno or or if we didn't get Botman at the start of this season, we we went different routes and we may not be in this position. It's you've got to give credit to the recruiters and, and to Eddie and for having this strenuous sort of checklist to make sure that we're getting the right people, not only the right players. Yeah, and that's it, Jack. Like, imagine after that that first Tottenham game, we said, right, we're going to give you both £250 million. You can spend it however you like, and we're going to play this game again in 18 months' time. <laughs> There's no way that anyone would have predicted this. No, no. There was there was a quite incredible article on The Athletic uh, last week by Jack Pitbrook, who is the Spurs correspondent. And he was talking about how, obviously, it was Spurs centric. And he was talking about how uh, they have been, they can't compete with Manchester City and Newcastle because we're state uh, state backed. But you know, the the response, the simple response to that is that Spurs could have gone and signed Bruno. They could have signed Botman. They yeah. could have appointed Eddie. They could have appointed Eddie Howe. They didn't have to sell Trippier. You know, yeah. so like, they could have bought Isak instead of Richarlison, for example. Yeah, exactly yeah. for the same money. So it's all yeah. <laughs> um, it's all decisions that that Levy has made, that that club has made, that our club has made. Right, we're not going to like Dimi said, there the will be misses. We're not going to keep getting it so right. But 
that team today had the the on the pitch at one point or another was nine players that predated the takeover. So that says it all about the job that Eddie Howe's done. I've talked about him more than enough times. I'll talk about him forever. I I I just love him. I think he is just the best fit for this club at this time. He's an, an incredible coach to get these performances from from guys like Murphy and Longstaff, who I've I've always backed them, but I didn't think they were going to be this good. You know, hands up. And I thought Joe Linton would be out on loan to Turkey or something a few years ago. And here he is. And it's all because of Eddie Howe. He's he's amazing. And yeah, I, I've got no time for people who who say that, you know, the, the money spend and I just think they need to look a little bit deeper and listen to what we listen to what yeah. we say, who who has been there through all of it. Uh, because we know we know the truth about, about what's gone on. Yeah. And and the one of the things that probably piqued me off the most about the whole this is what you spent, blah, 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 is yeah, we spent that because we had to, because we never spent any money before that. So even we basically had to spend that money last January just to keep us in the league, not not achieve anything else, but just we've got to stay in the league for this season and then we can reassess in the summer what what next year looks like and stuff like that. So that, that's not building. That's basically just trying to keep up with what everyone else had been doing for the last six, seven, eight years not trying to like progresses further quicker like it's a basic sort of necessity that we had to it wasn't a need it was a it wasn't a want sorry it was a need like we actually needed to do that now, well the squad the squad last season at the start had four goalkeepers in one of them was freddie woodman one of them was mark gillespie and one of them was yeah. carl darlow so you know, that's play games with two of them on the bench sometimes like <laughs> like that's how bad it was like we're not this is not a hyperbole and and sort of exaggerating. These are the facts. Like this is what it was like three years ago or two years ago. Like it's just like you said, it's just lazy journalism that just that's the low hanging fruit. They're they're publicly yeah. state owned and and stuff like that. And yeah, it just it pisses me off that bad. But I've got to a point now where you just sort of laugh at them and go, look, I know what you're doing. You're just doing it for reactions, for clicks. For content, keep your bosses happy that you're getting clicks and your advertisers are getting looks and views, and that's all it is now. But um, we might get to the stats actually because they're they're always fun to look at. Um, possession fifty percent, fifty seven percent. I think it was probably higher than that at halftime because they barely had the ball. I think we just sort of, like you said, Dimmy earlier, we just sort of went into cruise control and managed the game for that second half. Um, 25 shots, Jack. Did you say that was a, a season high? Did it... uh, I think it was, yeah. Just say yes. Um, yeah, just say yes. Um... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a season high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, a season high for any club. Yeah, 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 yeah. For everyone, for in the world, actually. Um, <laughs> eight shots on target, five off target, 12 blocked. I think we had that one in the second half. It pinballed about four times and they looked like, I think Byrne had a crack. I thought Gordy I think was Longstaff, first. I think Longstaff, yeah, blocked, Longstaff. Blocked one. Burn, Burns' header yeah. was goal bound, and yeah. uh, Longstaff was just in the wrong position at the wrong time. Yeah, I was sort of upset. I thought Gordon was played in. He's going to get his first goal, and I think Foster's um, quad might have just nicked it and, and sent it wide, which which would have been great for him to get off the mark in a game like that. Um, it, it's just a smashing all around, isn't it, Jack? 
well, we'd had six shots after five minutes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was <laughs> like the, the stats are just the stats back up what what we saw on the pitch. Um, but twenty five shots in a game against a supposed, you know, decent team. Bit, although yeah. the fans will tell us they're not decent. But yeah, that many shots against a team that generally defends deep. Yeah, it's uh, it says it all. Yeah. Um, Dimmy, anything that uh, tickles your fancy on these? Yeah, I just want to say the um, the XG wankers were right again. Obviously, there was yeah. going to be a, uh, a turn a turn of <laughs> yeah. luck, and there was going to be one game where every chance goes in. As you can see, there was five clear cut chances, and we scored six goals. So uh, eventually, one of those games was going to happen. And thank goodness for us, it was a, in a massive game, an important game against Spurs. But uh, the more the more times you you have a crack, and the more times you create chances, the the better the better odds are going to be that you're going to eventually score. So the goals are starting to flow for us, and um, it's uh, it's great to see. Yeah, I can. Has anyone checked on Hugo? Has anyone checked on Hugo Lloris? Hugo, yeah, oh, right. is he in hospital or something? Is he in hospital or something? Uh, there was a missing bruised person. Ego. He's got a bruised ego. The Northumberland police had put the missing person report out to try and find him. Um, I did. I did. I just want to mention. I did deliberately um, source a, a stats page that didn't have xg on there just to wind you two up and i knew that you'd know it anyway so i didn't have to <laughs> i didn't have to find one with it on um we'll quickly we'll jump to the table now um that actually bumped us up to uh to third prematurely obviously man united uh played the fa cup semi-final against brighton so they, they've got a gaming hand on us but i think more importantly for us it, it puts us two games and a uh, clear of Spurs with another game in hand. Who are fifth? Uh, I'm not sure about you two guys. I'm not really bothered if it's if it's third or fourth. I don't I don't care as long as it's the Champions League spot. Um, so we we have been bouncing this around a fair bit in our group chat the last sort of week, and I was reluctant uh, to participate given the game we had on the weekend and stuff like that. But who who are our main threats for the top four for the Last sort of seven games for us, anyway. Demi. Well, you, you probably have to think Brighton or Liverpool, to be honest. Um, Brighton, just because they've got the games in hand and they've they've been a pretty decent team all season, they do have a very difficult run in, so that might preclude them. But I mean, Liverpool's always there. There's they've got seven games to go, so I mean, if you think best case or worst case scenario for us, they win seven games, that gets them to to 71 points from that position. We only need another 12 wins, uh, 12 points in oh, 12 wins. Is not, no, we don't need 12 <laughs> wins, but 12 points. From, uh, Inevitable. From seven, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 12, 12 points from seven games, which on our average points per game total, that should be, uh, should be a shoe in for us. Yeah. Jack, who, who, who's your biggest dangers to our champions league mm-hmm. hopes and aspirations? I think it's Liverpool, to be honest. They could easily go and win seven games because they've done it before. They did it a few seasons ago in the COVID season where they they got in the Champions League. Uh, they've they've got West Ham away, I think, midweek, and that's probably their hardest fixture left on paper. But they've been inconsistent all season. So I think I'd feel a lot better if they just drew a game and dropped some points. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that they could get to 71 
Uh, Villa have got hard fixtures, so I think that they'll probably drop off. They can get to 69. I've I've been thinking about this obsessively for the last two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> Brighton Brighton can get to 76, uh, but they've got really quite hard fixtures, and they've got to come to St James's. So I basically think if we can beat if we win the next two games, I think that we're as good as we're as good as there. I think uh, I think if we can win four more games, it's going to be hard for anybody to to catch us. So. Um, You've obviously done done the sums. Who, apart from us, who did Brighton play? Who were above them? Can you remember? They've got Man United at home, uh, which is one of their games to catch up. One of the games yeah. in hand, and they've got Villa away in the last day of the season. Yeah, so that's so, that's Andy for us. Then that they're going to play two teams that are potentially trying to take our spot as well. I think they've so. got Man. I think they've got Man City as well away, uh, yeah. at home. So they've, oh. they've got a very yeah. So they've got a very difficult run in Brighton <laughs> and. Maybe with their um, with them getting knocked out of the cup, that might just burst not burst their bubble, but sort of give them a bit of a downer in the last sort of month and a half, two months of the season. Yeah, it's going to be um, it's going to be a really fascinating fascinating run in the last seven games. I think they're going to drag. To be honest, it's just going to it's going to be an absolute torturous seven games. Um, I'm Man stressed. of the match, yeah. I'm stressed. <laughs> oh, your hair's really out. Yeah, no, all your hair's gone. I can tell. Even more of it's um, gone. Yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, it's oh, really. Like, have you have you gone for the dimmy? Have you? Oh, oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> how many times? How many times do we have to say this? I optionally choose to shave my head. Optionally choose. I've got plenty of hair. Oh come on, Jesus Christ! It looks like a par three on top of there. <laughs> it's funny with the. Uh, it's funny now though with battling to get in the Champions League because we've obviously been in situations before with relegation where we've needed points but usually by that time like I've kind of checked out and I just don't care anymore I hate all of the players I hate the staff I hate the yeah. owners I just don't care like I've, I've resigned myself to it but this time it's like I absolutely love everybody like they're a member of my own family yeah and I'm so desperate and even though even though fifth or sixth would be a, a fantastic season at the end of the day because we're so close now I'm so desperate for this and I really yeah. really want it so I'm I'm more I'm watching other teams games with just as much interest and passion as our Newcastle games <laughs> now um and it's a it's a stressful feeling but it's also a good feeling because it's for something good yeah. so I'll be pleased when the season's over to be honest or when we've, yeah. we're another few games down so we know what where, where we're standing um but yeah, it's uh, it's absolute beyond our wildest dreams. Yeah, I I I the same as you, Jack. I love everyone at the club now. I love Serena because she's an Aussie. I love Eddie. I love Mad Dog. I love Graham Jones around after every game, sort of gets someone with his arm around him and whispers some sweet nothings. I love the bloke, the staff member. He looks like uh, Federico Fernandez. I love him. <laughs> I love them all. Um, Dimmy, man of the match. You could go first, mate. Who got your three votes? Very difficult one to, to say. It was a, an all-star performance from everybody, but uh, I think I'm going to have to give it to. Maybe, let's give it to Jacob Murphy. I mean, he he started the he started the the party. He scored two goals in the first nine minutes. I think he's worked very hard this season, like you said, and he's probably deserved a couple more goals just because of his work rate and and team ethos. So I don't think he'll ever get a man of the match again. But uh, just because of that, let's give him let's let's give him the man of the match. Jack, Jack, where are your three votes going? Well, Joe Willock should be in the England squad because of that assist, but he's not going to get man of the match. He's oh. not going to get man of the match, which is ridiculous again, really. But I, I think 
I think overall, it was such a strong team performance. I think Joe Linton was brilliant, Murphy. But Bruno, Bruno was back to his best. I saw his heat map and there's literally just red all over. And it's it's evenly <laughs> spread all over the pitch as well. So when, when he ticks, when he's on form, he's just, yeah, everyone else ticks and the whole team plays well. So he didn't get a goal or he didn't get an assist, but he just ran everything. He dominated the midfield. And I think when, when that happens, we play well. And when when he's not playing, we, we generally don't play well. Yeah. He's that important. And so I think Bruno is man of the match back to his best. Yeah, nice. I thought actually thought um, Joel Linton was he was very similar to, to the Bruno, what you just spoke about, except he probably he scored. But, yeah, he was in everything. He was he just – I don't know. Maybe it's hard to tell from that camera angle because they're both sort of tan skin and peroxide hair. It's hard to tell maybe which one's which sometimes. But – yeah, I thought I thought he was huge. Just his presence and the way he just battled, won the ball back so often for us in the midfield, and we could start our attacks from inside our own half was was really key to to them early goals. Um, now the, I'm not going to lie, this is one of the hardest podcasts I've ever had to prepare for because there was so much that happened, and it's it was really really hard to prioritize. What's what's more important? What's going to be cooler to talk about? What's more fun to talk about than something else? Because, like I said, it was it was a ninety minutes of just shit going on everywhere, and you didn't know where to look or what to think. So, just to finish with, I'll give you both an opportunity to bring something up that you took out of the game because whatever we whatever we've just spoken about cannot do cannot do the game justice at all. So, Jack. What what do you want to talk about? What how did you feel during the game? What sort of made you? What moved you during that ninety minutes? Well, the thing that will stick in my mind from this is the assist. That's the thing that's really gonna. <laughs> it's, I've talked about it already, but that's that's what I'm really gonna remember about this because it was so special. Um, but I just think the whole thing was just historical. It just felt so monumental to to take a, a team apart like that. To, I think to show the character to come back from that Villa defeat as well, which I think was an anomaly. Uh, I think you know the the stats would suggest that that was a one-off and that, that it wasn't going to happen again. But to actually go out and put into practice the the comeback from that. Um, but I think when you when we look back at this game in you know in future years or when we do season reviews, this will be the one I think because because of the the scoreline. Because of what happened, I just think it's going to be a game that we're just going to the remember opponent forever. Well. The opponent, and this this is what's going to it epitomizes what this team is about when it's at its best. And yes, Spurs were terrible; they are they are a shambles. But a lot of that, as as is often the case, was to do with the way we played, and we just put put our foot on their neck and just didn't let up uh, until half time. And it was just, yeah, that's what I remember. I just want to okay. talk about I'm, after this yeah. podcast. I'm going to go and watch the assist again another 40, 50 times. <laughs> I've got a question with that notice, Jack. So mm. if it's a shit question, I apologize because I've just thought of it too. Would you, would you, after all you've just said, could you say that this, the game last night was the modern day version of the Man United game when the entertainers Man United game? Where just you know what I mean? Like um, everyone remembers Man United the, the result, the Philip Abbe goal, like so it was a massive result. Everyone's gonna remember the Willock assist and, and how that was as well. Do you think that could be our, our modern day version of that game? 
I think because Man United was so good and they were our main sort of rivals at that time and they were the champions, I think that's a bit different. The one that it reminded me of was the Aston Villa uh, game where we beat them 5-1 or 6-1. No, 6-0, whatever it was, uh, back in 2011, I think it was. That was the one that reminded me of uh, where we just took apart what, what on paper is a decent team um, but that you know that was early season. I think it was unique this game. I do like. I think it'll it'll really stand out on its own as a a memorable game for all sorts of all sorts of reasons that we've talked about. So I, I think it'll be it'll be on its own. It's it's the best performance of the Eddie Howe era uh, by some distance. And we got the goals to back up the the quality of the performance. Like when we played Man United this season, we said, "Oh, it could have been five, could have been six. Well, this time it was six. You know, <laughs> and that's. Uh, that's what you want to see. You want to see you put your chances away. And yeah, it was just amazing. Yeah, great. You could have just said it was a shit comparison. I wouldn't have taken a first. Jimmy, is there anything you want to talk about out of the game that we haven't covered off already that moved you? Um, we've covered we've covered most of it. I think the one thing that I'll I'll remember is probably the facial expression of Murphy after the third goal because that was the moment that I also took my shirt off and I was making a similar face. So uh, it was definitely uh, a moment to remember. Yeah. And Mrs. D quickly telling you to put the shirt back on and (laughs) pull your head in. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah. I think we could talk shit like this for the next four hours and it would go, it would go so quick because it was just one of them days where, like I said, so much happened that there's so much you could talk about and extrapolate and expand on, but I think we'll leave it there. Um, we've done an hour and an hour's absolutely rocketed through. Um, thanks for the opportunity, guys, to, to talk about this. I'm sure we've all got family members at home of sick of hearing us and showing us, showing them, look at this on our phones and shit when they don't really care that much about it. So it was good to actually get together with some like-minded people and we could express ourselves in a public forum about our our love and our joy and our jubilation for what happened last night. So, Jack, thanks for jumping on, mate. Uh, pass on our uh, thanks to Mrs S for allowing you to get on for an hour tonight to revel as well. So I thank you for your time. No worries. I was actually showing the highlights to her earlier on and she's a Newcastle fan as well, like not as mad as me, obviously. And she's a little bit hormonal and she, she teared up a little bit at Jacob Murphy's <laughs> reaction to his goal. So, yeah, she was, I think that's why she's let me on as well. She was quite yes. pleased about that. So, yeah, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. And like I said, I'd have felt really upset if I'd missed this one. So, yeah. Yes. Thank you, Keegan. Yes. Dimmy, um, thanks for joining us, mate. I know uh, you've been a bit busy today doing nothing with your day off. Um, for those of you who are still with us, um, you can see, his Twitter handle here, um, him and Elon had a bit of beef and he cancelled his account. So he's just, he's fired up the burner. So he's ready to accept new followers. So, Dimmy, shout out your Twitter, mate. I, just so it's, people can it's Mitchell, yeah, audio. It's, uh, audio listeners, yeah, it's it's Mitchell Bora 14 M-I-T-C-H-O-B-O-U-R-A-14. It's, uh, yeah, me and Elon... Obviously, didn't seem eye to eye about a few of my posts, which weren't derogatory, weren't inflammatory. I don't know what what that bloke's doing, but uh, that's the story for another day. It's uh, 
need to build the followers up. So yeah, get get following and uh, let's interact about this uh, wonderful, wonderful club of ours. That's it. He took you down quicker than one of his spaceships. So um, anyway, yeah, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks everyone for watching, uh, listening, however you're consuming our podcast. Like I said, off the top, give us a like and a comment. Um, we love interacting with everyone. We love the feedback. We love talking everything about Newcastle United. Uh, Craig will be back in the next couple of days with a big uh, evident preview, I think, with Mark as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, but for all of us now, thank you very much. Thanks for listening and take care of yourselves. Thanks. See you, boys. Good, See ya.